0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Fly Suite podcast presented by RaiderRamble.com. Head on over to RaiderRamble.com for all your Raider needs. Got a Jose back with us today. We're going to be talking about Amari Cooper, X Factors on Offense and Defense and the Vegas win totals for the Raiders this year. But before we get into all that, Jose, how are we doing, my friend?
1: I am feeling very sunburned uh, because I did a return trip to Vegas. No, I did not gamble this time, thank God, because the Golden State Warriors pretty much took a nice little stab in my pocket, so I'm bleeding out right now. I'm bleeding out, and I'm sunburned. (laughs)
0: That's why you got to keep
1: gambling, though. You're going to make it back. You're due now. That sounds like... (laughs) <laughs> that sounds like something a gambling addict would do, Matt. I think we need to check you in soon. Uh,
0: I, hey, I went three and zero the other day. Uh, no, no, not to brag or anything, but three and What? I got the women's World Cup. Oh I my had god. Had U.S. Oh. I had oh to. wow. Yeah, you get credit for picking the favorite. Okay. I picked the favorite at plus one hundred, even money. Plus and one. Yeah, it's even. I guess whatever. Yeah, it's soccer, no duck. Cause you're playing against three lines, dude. Yeah, it was whatever. I got. I had took took the women. Plus one hundred, took the over in that game, won that, and then I was in Broncos country this weekend, so I bet on the <laughs> Rockies, and that was like plus one seventy, and I, I killed it. I made like forty bucks. I'm rich yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: We'll get we'll get we'll get to the gambling odds later for Raiders <laughs> wins and losses at the end of the show. Alright, I, I see I hit a hor-
0: sore subject with Jose today. But anyway, moving on to uh our good friend Amari Cooper. You know, we've uh he's been in the news recently. Um, Not a good friend. <laughs> uh, yeah. I guess good friend would be Jews loosely. Um, kind of struck a nerve with some people in Raider Nation. I'll let I'll let you uh, let you kick things off here, Jose.
1: Oh man, Amari Cooper. Why does uh, why does so much of the fan base in Raider Nation have it out for this guy? I mean, it just seems like everyone's taking his words out of context and just completely just twisting it because he says because he's being honest and says the Raiders weren't a good fit for him because he just didn't like it there, he wasn't happy. I mean, does no one ever has no one ever been at the moment in their job or previous jobs and ever just disliked being there that this is not the place where they wanted that they wouldn't be able to capitalize on their potential? I mean, I'm pretty sure most people have felt that. So because he's being honest, it's we want to like lash out at him, we want to call him fake, we want to call him, you know, so many other expletives. You no, know, I feel like it's a little uncalled for considering what he's gave. I mean, we we go back and say, like me and you, Matt, and other some logical people we talk to.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, we you know give Derek Carr a chance because you know we haven't had a quarterback since Gannon. Well, I mean, why are we slashing Amari Cooper? We act like we've had plenty of receivers since Tim Brown and Jerry Rice have been gone. I mean, sure, there was a one stint, a one little stint, two stint with Randy Moss, but that that was pretty much that it, was, you know.
0: And that was pretty ugly.
1: Like yeah, yeah, people are saying right now that Amari Cooper is even worse than Randy Moss. I've even seen a poll on some Twitter account, I don't remember, some Raider Twitter account that's that put Amari Cooper and JaMarcus Russell oh, in the same sense, and yeah. I saw you call that out like oh, the fact that that's even like in the same group is just completely over emotional and just caught in the moment. You know, you're right, spot on the money. Exactly. It's Recent, a recency bias. bias. Yeah. And it's just I mean, come on guys, let's let's think about it. Even so what he felt unhappy this year for sure with Gruden I mean it's it's pretty much a lot of people were unhappy hence why mm. Dominique Roger Kamar retired and decided oh, I'm gonna come back because I'm no longer playing for the Raiders or just Gruden and go play you know, for his of, brother yeah exactly you know you got a lot of people that pretty much either gave up or retired or quit demanded trades you know so he's not the only one so I'm not understanding why we're lashing out at him I mean you know, we, we say don't talk about Khalil Mack, but we're free to talk about Amari Cooper. You know, but, oh, but Khalil Mack didn't say doesn't say anything about the Raiders. He Only says good things. Well, point, point my point exactly. He's only saying good things. He's being real. Amari's being real. Let it be at that. I mean, you know, if anything, it's good that he made his made his actions clear, and we got out got him out the way before he became a legitimate bad seed in the locker room. You know, all these media people talk about yo avante's perfect in the locker room and me and you matt talk about all oh, incognito in the locker room potential bad seed well at least mark cooper didn't potentially get there and became vocal enough to even disrupt that or anything and and what we've seen if he didn't like playing for the raiders we saw the first two seasons he goes for over a thousand yards each yep. season you know 2017 i consider that a wash because everyone in the offense was crap and, and last season and he was hurt and last season as well, you know, we saw how he exited, you know, Derek Carr pretty much left him for dead in the middle In the middle of the field just to get drilled, which is something that Carr has done a handful of times each season um, I mean, it's just like, you know, just let bygones be go- bygones Both teams got the good of the trade the Cowboys Amari and the Raiders with Abrams and the plate in the picks the money you dodged from paying Amari so it's just like You know, it's water under the bridge. I mean, sure, everyone can feel how they feel, sure. But I just don't think it's valid or warranted because he's just just speaking his mind. I mean, here's a quote right now where he just did another radio interview again last week with Pro Football Talk. And this is coming from NFL.com that I'm quoting. He says, yeah, whatever the circumstances may be, there are certain reasons why one place might not work for a guy and another place will. I think the change of scenery was really necessary. I really honestly don't think if I would have stayed with the Raiders last season that I would have been able to flourish and reach some heights that I was able to reach as a Cowboy. So it's just, you know, it's you just got to get out of an environment. Some people need the reset. Yeah. We talk about it all the time, you know. Why are we giving Antonio Brown that pass but not Amari Cooper? We talk about, oh, well, people slandering Brown. He might be a poison in the locker room but thankfully he has this new you know he has a new start with the Raiders. Well, same thing as Amari. You know, we can't we can't be be a homer, okay? Which is essentially <laughs> what some teams are. It's like, "Oh, you know, Raider nation or die." You know, I understand that good passionate fan base, but come on, we there's some points where you just got to understand and be a little fair and objective here. You know, Amari sure, you know, once again, good riddance, sure. I liked him.
0: Good for him, good for the Raiders, it worked out for everyone, Matt. Yeah. I mean, you bring up the point like John Gruden, we've proven, and he has proven, he's not the easiest guy to get along with. He's yeah. not for everybody, and that's okay. You know, obviously, I get it. Like, it's your team, and you know, he's talking smack. I don't really think I don't really consider it talking smack. Like you are, like what you're yeah. pointing out. Like, you know, he's just kind of saying what's on his mind, saying that he needed the change, change of scenery to in order to excel. Excel. You got to remember, the guy is from the south. The guy probably feels way more at home in Texas. I get that. Mm-hmm. And again, like Gruden's not the easiest guy to get along with. Not everyone is going to be coached up the same way. And I get that. The thing that bothers me, like, I don't, I get that people don't like his comments. You know, they don't sit with people. Like we said, we got a passionate fan base and that's why we love him. You know, let's not pretend like Amari Cooper wasn't productive as a Raider. Like you said, he had 2000 yard season back to back years. He set rookie records for Raiders. And between the end of Tim Brown, like you're throwing Randy Moss in there, I wouldn't even cl- include Randy Moss. Randy Moss played for what three years? Had one thousand yard mm-hmm. season. And Randy Moss, I'm pretty sure, pretty much said he did not care about his tenure with the Raiders. Like, why are we giving him a pass? But all of a sudden, Coops this villain. Like, let's let yeah. Let's pump the brakes a little bit. Like, let's not pretend like Amari Cooper and Amari Cooper wasn't productive with the Raiders. Like, I posted a I, I Jose, I know we were talking about this before. I posted a poll on Twitter. Um. You know, to be honest, I wasn't terribly concerned with the results. It was more to prove a point. You know, Jerry Rice and Amari Cooper had, like, almost identical during their tenure at the Raiders. Now, obviously, people are going to point to Jerry Rice being 40 years old, but Jerry Rice is also Mm -hmm. the freaking GOAT. He's the best yeah. receiver of all time, undoubted. So yeah, and had a better quarterback at the time. Exactly. Yeah, he had a proven leader and was playing with an MVP, a legit MVP, not this Derek not Derek Carr, and no offense to Derek Carr of Derek Carr was in the getting MVP votes, votes, the literal MVP. And it's just it to me, I, I'm a big Amari Cooper stand. I wanted us to draft him when they did, and I loved them. I loved them. I thought he was a good player. You know, he had his ups and downs and whatnot. Saying he's gonna, he was wasn't used properly in Gruden's offense. You know, it's kind of hard to argue the other way around on that. Like if you look at his this. numbers with the Cowboys and the Raiders, sure you might point to his drops, but he dropped the ball with the Cowboys too. One thing the Cowboys did, and the one thing I liked with them, and I kept screaming and yelling about, is they always used double moves with them. And with the Raiders, it didn't seem like that. It was, just seemed like a one cut and go move, yep. and that didn't really use Amari's skill set and. You know, I think what other what we also need to realize is the Dallas Cowboys—they're kind of the staple of the NFL. Maybe the Patriots are a little bit now, but they're mm-hmm. gonna get the media hype. They have Dairy World. They have—they always have been that way. So I think that's part of it too. is it's more in your face, like with Mac. Now Mac's not saying what Cooper is. It's—I it's, honestly, like if you would have told me a year ago that both those guys and Cooper's talking more than Mac, <laughs> yeah. is a little weird, but. You know, it's like – that's the other thing I think that is getting to people is that it's just kind of in their face because of it, the team that yeah. he's on now. Well, yeah, exactly. It's in
1: his face, the team that he's on. And then think about the uh, the original team he was on before he came in the NFL, the mm-hmm. Alabama Crimson Tide. You know, you come from being one of the best yeah. programs in the nation. Everything's nice, and I'm, I'm 100% sure that those facilities and everything – are so much nicer than the oakland raiders facilities over oh, here in alameda I would take
0: Bryant daddy over the coliseum exactly <laughs> man
1: so i mean you go from just like being the staple being like an elitist essentially to going to just like mid-level to to, to, to mid-level to just poverty you're gonna feel some type of way i'm like damn dude i mean I, I know i'm making this money but it's like i'm i'm here it's a it's it's a lot of it's a huge transition man you know some people maybe even a lot of people i know I for one, i for one can't handle a significant change like that. I mean, sure, you can pay millions of dollars once again, but you, there's still going to be that psychology in your head that's going to be like it's, it's still a change.
0: Mm-hmm. So I
1: mean, it's just not going home. From that yeah, it's going from that. It just it, it maybe maybe just the writing was on the wall and everything was destined the moment he stepped foot through the Raiders facility and he was drafted because he just was never happy. So I mean, but that once again, that just proves that the fact that he wasn't happy but still was able to, was still actually trying enough like that it's just it's pretty impressive at least he didn't completely give up on routes like Randy Moss did half the goddamn time yeah. and didn't even throw him on the bus while he was a Raider but besides the fact you know it's funny how like you said people do not we knew people weren't going to get along with Gruden and the main headline everyone kept saying last year this time was is Derek Carr gonna be able to handle it yeah. is he gonna be able that's to handle this cursing that's all it was no one thought about anyone else on the Raiders team being able to get along with him and look it turns out it was Amari Cooper it was his work ethic, I guess, because Gruden, we know Gruden's like, harp, 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 let's get, let's go up-tempo practice and do everything, which Amari probably is like, nah, man, it was, eh. probably which maybe they didn't do at Alabama, maybe they didn't do in high school, pretty pretty much what they probably didn't even do with Jack Del Rio knowing him, and I, yeah. I, I just, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I can say wholeheartedly they didn't do that. <laughs> so, you know, you have Gruden who's high-intensity, and Amari's like, what the hell, yeah. I'm not used to this. And on top of being not used, you know, like you said, you know, one-cut routes, that's severely underutilizing. You know, how why are you going to have a Camaro if you're just going to drive around the city? You know, <laughs> you're not even going to take it to the freeway and, like, hit the fast lane real quick or even to the track or whatever. I mean, you know, I remember I saw so many stats. I was a defender of Cooper. It's like, you know, if you give him targets, over five targets a game, he it's it's a fact that he always produces if you give him five or less, he's not gonna really do much Which is like you're just supposed to force feed your guys. Yeah, and if he's getting covered up Then you're supposed to do, coach him up and get him draw something up for him That's what the good coaches do which is kind of disappointed me about Gruden Which he, what he did with the Cooper and so many other aspects of the offense but, you know, it's, it's it's a combination of everything. It was him, just like his mindset, his effort level. You know, he wasn't really helped with the coaches. You know, Derek was a little bit of – didn't really – him and, and Namari didn't really have that yeah, AC-DC AC connection that we really wanted to. Mm-hmm. So, once again, man, it's just – it's not solely on him. Is it him? Of course. But – Come on, let's be real. It was everything. Let, yeah. let, let, once again, it's water under the bridge. Everyone's involved. The trade was good for everyone. Thus, you, you know, I know he keeps bringing it up, and Raider fans are feeling some type of way just because he's saying I didn't like playing for them. All, all right, well, so <laughs> good. You, you know, you didn't like playing for us. You know, I'm once again. I'm glad uh, you're was out on of our here, team.
0: But yeah. it,
1: you gave us what you wanted. You gave us some good memories. But you know, if you, you cross us next time in a the game, then <laughs> have fun.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I mean the for Beside sure.
1: slider is unnecessary.
0: Yeah, when, when the Raiders and Cowboys do play a game, absolutely. Like, it's it's all out. Like, now's your chance to prove that he wasn't worth that and whatnot. Granted, that's going to be a few years from now. But, I mean, you bring up a good point. Like, at the end of the day, the Raiders got a first-round pick for him. It's not like he yeah. just walked away in free agency. Like, it's kind of it, – you're right. It is water under the bridge. You know, I know the one thing you did write up that – or one point that I wanted to bring up, um, you mentioned, like, bringing, getting Amari as targets. You know, one of the more frustrating things for me with Derek was – when he talked about Amari, he said he just just wasn't open or whatnot. I'm like, well, Derek, I'm also watching you throw the ball up to Martavis Bryant in double coverage, like, or Michael Crabtree in double coverage, like. W- what do you mean? Like you're some of the guys yeah. your your other options aren't open. Like you're, I'm watching you get picked on making bad decisions. Like why, why aren't you force feeding him the ball? But again, you know, water in the bridge. At this point, they got the first round pick. AB's in the building. Like you said. I'm sure Steeler fans are having the same conversation we are about AB. I think it's time for Raider Nation to take a breath for a second, realize it's over. It's over and done with, and let's just move on. Yeah, which is is what
1: we're going to do right now with this topic and transition. (laughs) (laughs) I
0: like it. All right, next topic we're going over, um, some X-Factors. We're going to do X-Factors on offense and defense heading into the year, try and talk about a few guys that we haven't talked about too much on the podcast um jose i'll go ahead and let you go first what, what do you want to start with offense or defense
1: uh let's go to offense because offense wins games nowadays so <laughs> that's the first one that has to go um x-factor it's a little tough you know a little bit thinking about um as an x-factor because we know obviously you know x-factor they're, necess- they're not they're not supposed to be you know the top headliners you know mm-hmm. we're not gonna you're not gonna say Antonio brown's an x-factor he's the headliner he is he's, yeah, he exactly. is the factor so uh, you figure they're going to try to scheme around him. And then Tyrell Williams is a good compliment. I want to see him an X factor, you know, um, Josh Jacobs. I don't want to call him an X factor either. And obviously not Derek Carr, maybe a piece on the offensive line. And maybe even, uh, you know, Derek, Darren Waller, he could be an X factor, but I, I like wouldn't, I, I'm not going to latch onto him wholeheartedly <laughs> yet. Um, what I am going to say, who is an X factor for sure. in this offense is, um, someone we're really quite, um, Someone we're really familiar with, I'm going to say running back Jalen Richard will be an X-factor in this offense. I like that. Uh, You just think about all the weapons now. I mean, even when the Raiders had no weapons, he was a lethal weapon. So if you consider now that the Raiders have um, a nice array of running backs so they can go by committee. Um, Josh Jacobs can also play as a pass-catching back. So if you think about it, if Gruden's smart enough, he can do some formations with both of them in a shotgun side-to-side or swing them both, just motioning. Um, and then obviously, you know, we have the receivers that everyone's going to take a lot of attention from Jalen Rashard is not going to demand much attention. He shouldn't he's probably gonna have just one man looking at him I highly doubt there's gonna be much look much players like scheming because that means you're gonna take away a defender Off of Antonio Brown You're gonna take a defender off of Tyrell Williams and then the Raiders will take advantage of it So the Raiders offensive offensive uh, scheme could definitely play so many ways it could double dip and so many fashions and just styles that I just hope that Gruden is able to use them somewhere optimally with Jalen Rashard we already know once again pass catching back you know even on draw plays he's good to take a home run like we saw his rookie year and even portions of previous years so he's definitely good on both ends running the ball swinging out Um, he's not going to be someone you're going to keep out there for pass pro of course so he (laughs) might it might be a little predictable if you see him out there it's like oh he's going to run a route so that's that's a little bit of the thing. That's going to be a giveaway or tip off. But yeah, for me, it's going to be Jalen Rashard. He, I think
0: he'd be able to take advantage of a lot of match, a lot of matchups, and a yeah. gas defenses. Yeah, I mean, he should be lined up on a lot, of, a lot of linebackers, and he's a quick little guy. Linebackers are going to have trouble sticking with him in coverage. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think the one thing that you'll notice about just about every successful offense in the NFL in this transition where we're getting more and more offenses, is they're all using a receiving back. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be huge. And I think Rashard's going to play that role well. I think even Josh Jacobs said he's one of the better route runners he's ever, he's actually seen, especially at the running back position. So I think, I, I love that one. I love it. I think Rashard will have, have a big year and really have a chance to make a name for himself in this offense and prove himself. But my X factor on offense, um, I know we've talked about him a little bit and it's going to be Trent Brown. You know, Colton Miller is going to mm-hmm. get the attention because he plays the left tackle, you know, the blind side thing. We talked about it a little bit with Cody um you know the whole left side blind blind side thing is a little bit overrated nowadays with a lot of half side reads on offense and it really more depends on where the quarterback is looking but you know i've talked about it in the past tyrell williams is a hell of a deep threat ab is just an all round player can be a deep threat even darren waller's got some speed and could be a deep threat well what's going to be huge about that making sure Derek Carr doesn't get sacked 52 times Mm -hmm. you know colton miller showed us promise when he wasn't injured now that's being said, it's a small sample size and he's got to prove it over the year. But one part that I think that's kind of underrated was Brandon Parker was just as bad as Colton Miller. I keep harping on that. Even worse. Yeah, I mean, even worse. It was it was rough. And, you know, Trent Brown, he's coming in as the highest paid offensive lineman ever. They're gonna need him to step up. He's gonna need to be able to one, make sure Derek gets him stay upright. And then two, he's going to have to help out in the running game. You're going to have mm-hmm. you're going to have to expect both when you're making that kind of money. A lot and, of expectations. Yeah, and I, I mean, to me, the offense is going to be really determined on how our tackles play, and I think Trent Brown is going to be a big part of that.
1: Definitely, because then you can't really call or even allow routes over ten yards to progress, and even sit in there if no one can sit into pass pro for three seconds. You know, and you're paying a guy like Trent Brown. You know, you're you're figuring you're paying him this much money after what he's done last exactly. year and even years prior to be the anchor and be someone you don't have to worry about, someone you don't even have to put in the thought process because you're assuming he's going to get the job done regardless. If he starts sliding up, then it's going to start looking like a terrible, a terrible pay payment. Um, I know once again it's both sides tackles. It doesn't really matter. Everything's a blind side now. Everything's mm-hmm. crucial on the yep. on the corners. So I mean we. Colton Miller's known. He, he's not really an X factor. So yeah, I think we can over the fact that we are penciling in, so many are penciling in Trent Brown as already like a sure thing, that it becomes almost at that point. Now we're starting to like maybe like overlook him essentially that he could be yeah, the X Factor. Like what if he does start messing up? You know, if because if you think about it, if we assume oh if we assume the season he's not even he's barely doing half of what he did last year, then it's like wow, this was a waste. Then in turn, yeah. if he does do great, then wow, he was an axe X Factor. On that offensive line, because we already know Rodney Hudson is going to be a beast in that center. Being the quarterback of them, um, Gabe Jackson is uh, hopefully gets good in that interior with Incognito. And then if Brown can't do it, then it's like, whoa, crap, yeah. man. We're we already worried about M- Miller. We're going to be worried about you now.
0: And back we can't to Parker. Get this
1: offense, yeah, but we can't get this offense done. Mm-hmm. I mean, you no know, run run blocking. I think him and Miller. That's what they're best at. And pass pro, they're oh, Trent Brown. This should be solid and is solid. Yeah. But yeah. X-factor if you can't get it done, then we're gonna have a lot of issues There's gonna be a lot of negative narratives I mean if we thought Amari Cooper saying he didn't like being a fit with the Raiders Imagine what the <laughs> with the media and everything's gonna be in their faces when they say boy Gruden was an idiot for giving this guy yeah, this much money. much money especially if they're gonna look at whoever the replacement for the Patriots was Isaiah Wynn for Trent Brown if he's actually doing good and Brown isn't then it's gonna look like even worse It's just yep. gonna be a it's not even gonna be salt in the wound. It's gonna be of like a nice thumb in the bullet hole wound type of thing. That's what it's gonna feel like. Like we've talked
0: about it over and over again. Pass pro is gonna be key this year. Moving over to the other side of the ball, uh, my X factor is gonna have to be um, it's gonna have to be Carl Joseph
1: because um, we already know who's gonna be starting at safety, Lamarcus Joyner. But he's more so gonna be the nickel slot. I personally think we're still we're actually gonna see him at safety at some points because it would be just naive or just. I think pretty dumb just to keep him solely at slot you know just when you know you want to try different formations just throw teams off with different looks um Carl Joseph because he's an x-factor this is his contract year um he has a chance potentially for the Raiders to want to re-sign him if he plays good so he has a lot to be motivated this year um After trade rumors last year, you know, he sees that they potentially brought in his replacement. So he has a lot to be hungry about and want to work on. So on top of everything, even whether he stays this, whether he stays beyond this season or not. But if he's able to play at a solid level, some even better, you know, becomes becomes a threat back there. If the Raiders actually like if I see him using more as like a deep safety or both then if he's playing like consistent and just good enough wrapping up coming down on key blitzes actually able to like stay disciplined in coverage if they actually throw him back there then he helps the defense a lot because personally I, i'm not really in the camp where everyone where everyone thinks the raiders secondary in terms of the cornerbacks is talented there's talent there but it's not concrete yet it's a lot of fluidity because no one's there's still a lot, a lot of development yeah, if anything, I think the safety is more solidified because you have Joyner, you have Joseph, you have Eric Harris, who's a Swiss Army knife, who's has stupid amount of snaps and every type of <laughs> angle on that defense. And then you're Jonathan Abrams, I don't, I'm not sure how much they're going to use him in, in, a, in coverage. Um, that's why I'm not really going to say he's the X factor. He, he could, even though J- Abrams <laughs> could be a potential X factor, if he, if he's able to come into the rookie campaign and actually like make some noise. Then it's like really that safety group is really going to be a threat um, where I think that they could be he heel in that safety group, especially for Carl Joseph is if they're strictly if, if teams just Go on a streak in the slot in the middle of the field and just take these guys out Like see if they can actually keep up see if they can actually know when to open up and just get all over the top of the receiver That's one thing. I'm curious to see but yeah It's gonna be Carl Joseph because of I'd see him as utilization being high I'd once again contract here he uses a box safety, the blitz, and the coverage. Um, if he's able to play great, then good. Then it makes Joiner in the slot so much better. You can put Harris next to him in coverage, and Abrams is playing well. So it just makes a lot of pieces around. Just makes so much. It just makes everything so comfortable and, and the ease of mind if you're Paul Gunther.
0: Yeah, I mean, you touched on it a, l- a little bit, and uh, you know, we even heard Paul Gunther talk about it. He likes those versatile players, and yep. Carl can be that guy. We haven't seen a whole lot of it lately i mean we've seen some of it but he could definitely find a way to not leave the field um like you said if joiner's gonna play nickel he can play that free and play that center field if joiner's gonna play safety he can play in the box or play that strong safety role i think the biggest thing for carl like you mentioned is teams are definitely going to test him down the middle um you know my biggest area concern with carl and i think it's the coaching staffs too and i think that's why he was on the trading block is covering tight ends you know I can remember specifically the one the game that comes to mind is against the Colts. Um, You know, there were plays where he's in perfect coverage, but the guy is he's just not big enough. Too short. Yeah, he's he's too too short. He's too little. And, you know, when you're covering a guy with six five, that's got a seven foot wingspan and you're five, ten or whatnot, whatever Carl is, you know, at some point there's just nothing you can do. And, and that's a hundred percent on the coaches, man. Exactly yeah. like you said, it's not even you know they already know what size he yeah,
1: is. So why exactly. are you even trying to test him out there by putting him on man to coverage? You know, if any don't don't do it, don't do it at all. Be obvious. <laughs> no, yeah. let you know offenses know if they know that. All right, we know he's not gonna put Carl on them. And even if you do, and if you don't make it obvious pre snap, and and then it, he actually ends up lashing onto him, what what does it matter? Now you're now you're leaving a a matchup a mismatch. With the tight end on Carl and the tight end and the quarterback, whoever it is, is going to be like, oh, hell yeah, that's right there easy. Yep. You know you know the offensive coordinator is going to let him. If you see
0: just Carl the Joseph the guarding
1: him, just throw it up to him. Yeah. Give it to him. Force feed it. We'll take whatever yards. That's an easy-ass completion right there. So, I mean, yeah, please, coaches, whoever it is, even last season, years prior with incompetent Ken <laughs> Norton Jr., Stop putting Carl Joseph on the goddamn yes, tight end, please. all right? I thought that is why the Raiders a few years ago or two years ago, however long it is now, drafted Obi specifically for the tight end. They did that to pretty much compensate what, the, what Carl Joseph didn't have. So, yep. I mean, that's why you got to, if anything, you're going to use him in coverage. You got to use him in coverage and zone to come into the flat or into a hook zone. You don't, you're not going to put him out there on man. Man is not going to be a strong suit, all yep. right? He's not, he's not going to have the quick – he doesn't have the quick enough foot speed to break out there. Although he is going to light someone's ass on fire when he when someone's coming in the middle, that's what makes it. That's what would probably behoove them more to go in zone because you're able to read it and just react. Exactly. Versus man, you're going to have to just you know you're going to have to trail them. That's like when, when you're, you don't trail when you're like five nine against <laughs> a six four dude, all right? You're never going to win. Doesn't matter. Yeah. So please, Paul Gunther, coaching staff, do not be idiots. Do not be blind man Ray Charles and just say, oh, we're just going to put him out there, and just let it work <laughs> out, and like, no, no, yeah. no. Come on, recognize what you have. Don't try,
0: to, don't try to put a triangle into a square and just <laughs> roll with it, all right? Please, yeah. please. I mean, best thing is is to have a linebacker on the tight end and let Carl play center field, let him come down, and like use that big stick to jar the bar loose. But if he's one-on-one, it's just his size limits him, and you know this. You're acknowledging you yeah. know this.
1: But yeah. And you know what? They're probably just going to strictly put um, – what's his name? Uh, Jonathan Abram on most tight ends anyways. Mm-hmm. They're probably all just right. going to do that – or depending on who actually looks good in coverage for linebackers do it that way um i know brandon marshall is actually quick and could probably do it we'll see um it's who actually goes out there and do it i'm going to be interested to see there's still like a lot of question marks on who's going to fit where who do they think because we we know we have this image of players from last season but you know they've had this whole year already to get better lose weight gain weight get quicker understand the system better So how it works out, it's going to be very interesting, very revealing. But one thing I hope does work out is the coaches realizing Carl Joseph does not belong on (laughs) tight end matchups. He doesn't really belong on any man matchups except for running backs unless they're coming out of the
0: backfield. That's pretty much it. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, hopefully hopefully we'll figure it out. I mean, we know we've talked about it before. Gunther likes running zone, so it should be a perfect marriage. All right, moving on. We're gonna be talking about the Las Vegas. They've set Vegas has set the uh the odds at six and a half for the win total for six and a half for the Raiders. Um, you know, I'm looking at that and I don't know hundred percent what to think. Jose, I know you are not a real big on uh season predictions in July, but I'm curious, what's your take right now? If I ha- if I had a gun to your head, what do you gotta do?
1: Oh man, hit a gun in my head. <laughs> or probably grab that gun and look at me in like six and a half. six and a half you want me to bet on that crap I'm like come on man it's like I did I did a prediction piece just because I'm just blog baby just it was very early I think it was just right when free agency was wrapping up I said six wins just because it's like you know what this team hasn't really like has a history of getting your hopes up and then just let you down so I mean after the after everything all things considered I actually do see this team exactly at seven wins so yes I would take the over um, is it's is there a chance to get more than seven wins and potentially even a playoff run? Yeah, there's a chance, you know, I, there's a chance but I wouldn't bet anything about playoff appearance I see no way in hell that they make the playoffs to be honest. So seven wins sounds like where it's at but damn, that's That, that is a doozy six and a half wins man. They mm-hmm. Vegas knows what's up They definitely know what what's a place things at. I mean, like I said, I remember I remember a freaking when the, the props got put out for the 2019 season on Fox Sports Radio San Diego, they asked me right then and there, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think about that bet? You think it's right? What are you taking? And I'm like, why are you putting me on there on blast like this? That's, <laughs> I wouldn't touch it personally, but I think by default I to have to go with seven wins. Thus, I'm taking the over.
0: Okay. I mean, you made a lot of good points. You know, I think, like we said before, Vegas is when they came out with this line, it was. At first, I looked at it and like I thought over for sure. You know, I think this team is a—I do think this team is a seven-win team at least. You know, I think the offense is a lot improved, but obviously there are a lot of question marks on the defense. But then when I started thinking about the line more, uh, more and more, you know, like we've talked about before, the schedule is does not do them many favors. Playing five games off the road—I mean, if they drop those five, it's going to be pretty damn ugly. Getting to seven wins is going to be hard. And then I think with the schedule, like and with the schedule, you know, I look at some of the best rosters in the NFL are going to struggle with that. You know, playing five games uh, away from home, that's obviously not working in your favor, including one international trip when a place where you haven't been successful. You know, I think uh, someone tweeted Mm out, I think it was Josh Dumbo tweeted that the the Yankees in London have scored more runs than the Raiders have points when in their two trips. So that's not (laughs) exactly uh, a boat of confidence going into London. but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to head with you. I'm going to go with the over. I think they still can get to seven. Like I said, the offense is going to be a lot improved. The thing that holds me back from wanting to slam dunk and put my life savings on that is the schedule. You know, I, I think I think Derek Carr is going to be better. I think he's going to have a lot better year, like we're talking about before, year two in Gruden, and have an AB who's one of the best receivers. I mean, if Carr can't get it done, then, you know, the Raiders are in bigger trouble and it might be chance to start our time to start over but yeah again it's just that just schedule just kills me and it just makes me think like yeah yeah six six the six to seven win range might be might be what we're looking at you know I know that's not what people want to hear everyone wants to hear that we're going to be a playoff team but the real answer is this team is still a year away even with the additions they made on offense there's just too many question marks on defense for me to definitively say. Everyone, go put your money on the over. And to make things worse, you know, I just checked it on Odd Sharks. On Odd Sharks, I don't know why that was so hard for me to say, but Odd uh, <laughs> Sharks is putting the over at plus 120 and the uh, under at minus 140. So the over is the underdog. So Vegas is really leaning towards six, maybe even five wins for the Raiders. And, I mean, these guys are usually pretty good. That's just just to ask Jose and I. We've lost a lot of money to them.
1: But no, man, that's that schedule is just tough, especially since early on. Like, you have all these new pieces. Do you really trust this team to actually, like, mesh instantly and not really gain that much traction in the first quarter? Because that's going to be a crucial – if they go 500, I think that's a win. So many, like, legitimate opponents. Even – I know people are overlooking, like, thinking the Broncos are are crap. I think they're going to be, at least defensively, very sound. Yep they have Ooh, a great secondary. Yeah, they have a great secondary. They have Vic Fangio who's going to make that defense even so much better, mm-hmm. utilizing Chris Harris Jr. And they took Bryce Callahan who was in uh who's Chicago. a cornerback, slot cornerback that was in Chicago with Fangio. He's going to go there and help that defense so much. And then of course, we know Von Miller, Bradley Chubb. Mm-hmm. There's just so many they actually have so much talent and the fact they have a coach that can actually use it. So that's the Broncos I think are getting a little slept on. Offensively, they you know, there's not gonna be much. Yeah. Defense, so they're gonna they're gonna be a force. They're gonna be a great force. Um the, that Monday night matchups I think is gonna be really good because it's pretty much gonna be the Raiders' best best asset and aspect. Not yeah. the asset, the best aspect is the offensive side of the ball and the Broncos is the defense, once again. So we're gonna see which one's gonna cave on that Monday night, and then we're gonna really see what this team is about and be able to Get a clear picture of how they're looking, win-loss. Um, not not going to, you know, once again, just get over emotional over one win or one loss mm-hmm. if it's the first game. But, yeah, dude, but so it's only a big one. At the future. Yeah. It, is, it is a big one. It's yeah. a big one, you know, once again, especially through all the motion. So, this game, division opponent, um, big expectations, Gruden year two, Antonio Brown, Derek Carr year two in Gruden system. A lot of things. You know, seven wins, you know, doesn't sound bad. You know, you figure it's still an improvement. And you're
0: pretty much gonna open up for Vegas, so that's pretty yeah. much where it's at. Yeah. No, I mean, seven wins is nothing to be ashamed about for this team. Nah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, that's on the right trajectory. You know, I keep going back to it. Seven wins would be twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen, I would say mm-hmm. was a good year. Not great. Obviously you yeah. want to be at least in the playoffs, but considering where the year the year where they were the year before to that year was a great improvement and i think this team's capable of making that same leap but it's a matter of executing it's a matter of over- overcome the adversity that already is facing them that we've got we've con- talked about already all right jose i gotta tell you i've got a the best thing i saw this week kind of a two-parter comes from the warriors <laughs> again and bob myers bob myers in two separate trades this week has traded a 2024 draft pick And I can't remember what, I remember there was a first report that was wrong and I can't remember what the Igadala trade involved, but another like 2024 or 2025 pick. That to me, so we're trading picks that are five years away from right now. And I just love it because that's Bob Myers just saying, you know what? That's future Bob Myers problem. And I I can't get enough of it. I absolutely love it. You know what? Screw it. Hey, I'm not even going to be around. Let it be somebody else's problem. And (laughs) you know what? I can't knock that pro, knock that uh philosophy.
1: Well, it's because freaking in the NBA, if you're not a top five pick, it's in the top picking. If you're not team picking in the top five, especially like this this draft, the way it was so questionable, then it doesn't really matter. You know, so many NBA teams. So that's why I kind of hate the NBA draft. A lot of this stuff, like if we think like, you know, when people on NFL media and fans like, oh, you can't grade the draft because you got to do that over a three-year span. Well, I mean. The NBA drafts even worse at least we actually haven't yeah. more of an inclination and idea of these players I mean, I think that's more so because of the coverage because NFL is so much of a more popular and better sport than basketball So we don't really know so much of these prospects because there is actually a lot of players that have been retained That have gone past the 10 the 10th pick and at that point. It's always a crapshoot You know, that's pretty yeah. much what the draft is it's a crapshoot. It's a game of error damn near yeah. so I mean that's smart I thought last night when they were able to let they were able to sign and trade Durant for D'Angelo Russell who still may be on the move They still might trade him. Yeah, but if they can't trade him or don't trade him It's not the end of the world. You have another good all-star player. That's perfect to replace clay for now And if clay comes back that will work because you have another lethal score shooting um, shooting, and shooting Yeah, and D'Angelo Russell can facilitate pretty well. So you're you're passing the fact that that offense relies a lot on facilitating and scoring makes it so well-rounded. You know, tip my hat over to Bob Myers. That's, that guy is just a player. That whole ownership, they know what they're yep. doing. They're the most functional and logical, foreseeable future businessmen in the entire Bay Area sports, and even in the entire Bay, and M- NBA and even sports in general. That was just... Man, yeah. I'm not worried, man. But that was just—I was like, "Wow, dude, that was—that's a pretty good move." D'Angelo Russell is probably one of the best options you could have got there to lessen the blow on Durant by half. So, to hat yeah, tip to them. Sure. Now we're just on the Kawhi watch. So <laughs> it's gonna be—I can't wait to see how this plays out. But I think—I think for this one, NBA NBA free agency is greater than NFL free agency. Just the drama around it—it's so yeah. crazy. I mean, you think about it. NBA free agency has been this played for
0: half a year now. So. Yeah, that's NBA free agency. That's a, yeah, I mean, there's a little bit more movement and whatnot. And, I mean, I think it's it's definitely more high profile because you get guys like Tyler Johnson making $20 million a year who you have to Google and whatnot. So it makes it more makes more talk and whatnot. You got a quack of the week for us this week, Jose? Uh, just probably the quacks
1: of the week is going to have to be the owner James Dolan of the New York Knicks. <laughs> I mean, Sorry, he's no. easily could be a quack any day of the week. I mean, yeah, shout out, Mo Moten. Your Knicks are just bad, dude. I'm pretty sure you're just going to go back to being a uh, – they're going to root more for down the road for a Brooklyn Nets team now. Yeah, I mean, ahead. come on, man. just They really traded Christophe Porzingis, middle of the season, <laughs> fully expecting to get KD, Kyrie, and company. You know, you you lose out on them. They really – and then I was watching the jump today. They were like, yeah, and they, no, they were set to go there, and then they just didn't – they just lost face on that team. And the fact that they released the report to Ramona Shelburne last night saying, oh, yeah, we were, we were never going to go after KD, actually, especially after his injury. You know, it, it wasn't really our intention. Yeah. Trying to do damage KD. control. Well, that, that PR, whoever thought that PR move was probably a good move, is not the brightest person. You were better off just laying low, just taking the L, and just letting it pass away because now we just you just make yourself look worse because you were gonna get talked about anyways but now you do this and now everyone smells the desperation the fear they smell <laughs> your sweat and tears they can hear your hearts beating like freaking 30 miles an hour right now so i mean <laughs> they yeah they definitely that is one you know we talk about raiders being a dysfunctional franchise over the last 20 years you know that is it one is. dysfunctional franchise yeah. you know there's any one team you're gonna look at, Knicks are definitely top five in the three major sports in the country that being dysfunctional. I just I just never understood the attraction. You know, always a selling point. Every talk show, oh, you get to play in the garden, you get to play in New York. You know, it's a legendary team. What 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 legendary team? They haven't been good since 2013 when <laughs> Mari and Melo were both just at their peak or damn near around there good. And ever since then, it's been shit. It hasn't been good. So, yeah. I mean, that whole hype thing is – that that thing has been dead for five years. Who actually wants to go there? I mean, you got – they were able to get some pieces, you know, Julius Randall, another cool one. So they'll have somewhat of a competing squad, but it's not going to mean crap. Ugh, whatever curse they're under, they need to freaking go see some – I don't know. If they go see
0: like <laughs> – A witch doctor. A,
1: a witch doctor or I don't know what they're called. It's like a, a freaking – who reads the crystal ball or whatever. They need to go uh, see that person. But whoever it is, they – need to go (laughs) repent their sins for whatever they did because that team
0: is atrocious. I mean, what was it? March? Maybe even April? You know, Knicks fans, there was this thought of we're going to get Zion, we're going to get KD, (laughs) we're going to get Kyrie, and they get none of them. Oh, that's... You know what, and it's like you said, like Raiders fans a little bit.
1: Really, yeah. When we start getting all like, oh, we're gonna get all these people. We can do all this. We can do this. Yeah. We just, all we gotta do is do this. It's like, well, you you know, you you have to. You realize the players have to want to come first of all, <laughs> right? Because obviously we know the team wants them. We wouldn't want these players to make them better, but they have to come.
0: Yeah. And if they want to come to a shitty team, you're gonna have to overspend their. money. And I mean, it's you're not gonna be able to use the excuse of, oh, one of the best players in the world is gonna be injured for a year um because guess what someone across the town or not even or i guess not technically across the town across the way is gonna go ahead and take that risk and guess what they did we just look stupid again so
1: and that's why they are the
0: <laughs> quack of the week matt let's go i love it i love it <laughs> all right everybody go ahead and give us a five-star review on apple podcast if you put your favorite raider moment we'll read it on the show next week it's got to be a five-star review though four stars we ain't reading it three stars of course not Got to be five-star <laughs> review. Include your favorite Raider moment. We'll give you a shout-out on the show, and we'll read it out. Jose, where can the people find you? At And Follow us, people. Let us know. Let's go. Follow the pod at @sweetfly. You can follow me at amholder 95 You can also send us in some DMs, send us in some uh, emails. It's just flysweetpod at gmail.com. Anything you guys want us to talk about like we talked about it's july not a whole lot going on right now so we can help use you guys help with some topics but anyway that's all we got hey loves it